0: on 2020 episode 99. What's up, everybody? It's Ray and your host of ION 2020, your source for the news and the related events for 2020. All of the action that's going on with this 2020 election in the lead up to the presidential election. You got the debates coming up soon. You got all the good stuff going on uh, coming up in the summertime. And we're getting closer and closer. It's May. And uh, I'm on episode 99, so I appreciate you coming out and listening today. I really do. Uh, Getting closer to 100. I'll be there tomorrow. So... That's exciting. That is one of the and or one of the goals that I had was to get to episode 100 and just keep on going on from there. They say most episodes or most podcasts only last for like 10 or 15 uh episodes. So, cuz the, you know, if you don't start getting listeners and stuff, if you don't got, start getting people that are uh interested in the podcast, interested in the topics that you're talking about, then it does kind of wear on you, right? Those and that, especially I mean those first couple episodes I did were terrible. Uh, Just, I mean, I was trying to cover some good information and stuff, but I had never podcasted before. I'd never done anything like this before. It was just kind of like a new thing. I downloaded Anchor, the Anchor website, or not the website, the Anchor app onto my iPad, and I was just thinking to myself, I've always wanted to do this. The idea of just getting into podcasting with the lead up to the twenty twenty election, I thought it would be a good thing. I think I was thinking about it in like 2015 as well with that, with that particular election, just the idea of covering it from a news standpoint and just looking at it from a libertarian standpoint, the, the election that's going on. So that's kind of what I ended up doing, and uh, my first goal, you know, get myself through 10 episodes so that I could start getting published onto all of the podcatchers, because I think iTunes is the one, not iTunes, but Apple Podcasts is the one that really wants you to have 10 episodes up before they even start uh, publishing your content. Once you get to 10, then they'll pick up your content. And then from there, uh, I mean, once you get to 100th, there's got to be some kind of algorithms that are going on to help you to show up in search engines and things like that. And also takes a look at your uh, ratings, five star ratings, help out with the podcasting as well. Uh, there's a lot of different things that they're looking at. So, and good reviews and things like that are things that are going to help bring the podcast you know, out into the open so that people start seeing it when they're searching for Libertarian podcasts. that's been my goal is to, if you type in Libertarian Podcast, you'll see this show. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm working on it. Episode 100, though, that'll be coming to you tomorrow. So I appreciate you uh, listening to me for episode 99. If you can, go ahead and subscribe to the show so you can hear episode 100 tomorrow. I also have 98 shows before this one. And I think, you know, the last... The last seventy-five are pretty good, you know, and and some of them have relevant content even to today. It's not just things that are going on in the news that I am covering, but I cover a lot of different if, ep, a lot of different issues as well. And those things will be, um, will be you know good for you to listen to, even if you want to listen to them now because they're not specifically news. They're not news specific. Even though when I typically bring out an episode, it's covering something that one of the candidates is talking about, and then I take and I might read that article, and then I might. Uh, talk about it from a libertarian perspective on what's going on and why these ideas are good or why they're bad. You know, why some of the... Because each of these candidates, they have their issues that they're covering, and if I think it's a good issue that they're covering, then I will. You know, I'm honest. I'm one of those people that's going to be honest with you and give you the right feedback. If they're anti-war, if they're talking about that, if they're making that front and center of of their campaign, or if they're talking about it on the on the pulpit that they do have, then obviously I'm going to give them props for that. But if they have these social economic issues that they're talking about with free this and free that and confiscate money from this person to give it to that person, then I'm going to call them out on those things and I'm going to give you a good reason why That particular policy is not a good policy. Now you can hear me out, you can listen, and if you think, you know, if you agree with me, that's great. You know, I'd love to hear back from you if you do agree with me. I'd love to hear back from you if you don't agree with me. And you can do that by following me on Twitter. You can comment on the the, uh, things that I publish on Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook. That's just I am the Empire. Twitter is the same thing. I am the Empire. at I am the Empire. And then I also have a website, I am the Empire. And You can follow me there. So, uh, but I appreciate you listening to episode ninety nine. What I wanted to really talk about today is something that Bernie Sanders had brought up uh, over the weekend, and I just started reading a little bit, a few articles on this particular subject, and I just thought it would be something that might have be of interest to you because one of the things that he said is he's coming out with his education policy. And the education policy that he has, I completely don't agree with it. And the reason why is because his idea is to get rid of all charter schools. All charter schools get rid of them. No public funding to charter schools whatsoever. So the way that the – education system works in most states and the way that it works in South Carolina is slightly different than when it works elsewhere. But my did, my kids did go to school in Florida and, or one of, my, one of my kids went to school in Florida for a brief period of time. And when we were getting them set up to go to school, we had one choice. That was it. One choice, we could send them to the public school down the road and that was it. Uh, luckily, there was a charter school that was accepting kids into it as well, and it was on a lottery system, and that was the second choice that he had. This was a charter school; it was one of the best schools in the county, and everyone wanted to get in. So there was a lottery system to get you into it, and he ended up getting into that particular school for when he first when we first got him into the uh, when we first got him into kindergarten, right, and. That option was there for us to have – we had one choice, and then we had that second option, and that was it. We couldn't couldn't look at the best school in the community. We couldn't look at the best school in the county and say, hey, we're going to take our kid there. We had no choice in that matter. Our one choice to go to was the one that was down the road, the school that was down the road from our house, and it was an okay school, but it's all public school, and you guys know for for a fact public schools typically – uh, don't do not perform as well as a private school would but you know that's where we're at in our lives right and it'd be nice to be able to send our kids to private schools it'd be nice to send our kids or have our kids homeschooled and taught by us but that's just not an option that we have in our lives right now that we've made it I mean I guess we could make it an option in our lives but we haven't done that Um but we have you know typically Recently, what we've done is we've moved into a neighborhood specifically that has the best school in the area, and uh, we had the option to do that. But most people don't. So the way that public schools are now is that it's a bunch of bureaucrats sitting there making decisions on where kids are going to go, based upon zoning maps. How often is that a political issue? How often do people make zoning decisions based upon well, if I'm on the board of you know if I'm on the on the on the school board? If I'm on the county commission, I'm going to have a little bit more pull on what, what area, of, what area of my, you know, my neighborhood is zoned for than somebody else who doesn't have political capital, right? That doesn't have the ability to make decisions for the county. So a lot of times those decisions are made politically. And kids are, you know, kids are sent to schools based upon where they're zoned for, based upon the area code that they live in. And I think that that's wrong i think that, that is a it is not the best system that you can have for a school it's not the best system you can have for anything so you're zoned for you're you're in this area code and your kid you, so you move into this neighborhood and it's a bad neighborhood or you live in this neighborhood and it's a good neighborhood but it's down the road from a lot of really bad neighborhoods right and your kid happens to get zoned for that school that's in a poor community, that has parents that might not care, that gets lower testing scores, that has to expend resources on protecting the students a lot more than like the, the nicer neighborhoods, right? So the resources go to where, where it's needed within the school, but each school probably has a certain amount of money that they're allowed to spend and that's it. So free lunches and things like that. And I'm sure there's a lot of bureaucracy involved in, in the school system, the way that it's set up, because underperforming schools do not get the same amount of money as the 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 ones that are performing well. The high-performing schools, it seems like somehow they get the better teachers, because those teachers want to teach there. I mean, I know the school that my neighborhood is in, the school that the kids from my neighborhood go to, teachers would stumble upon themselves trying to get in the school that my kids go to. And the reason why is because it's properly run. It's well-funded. The PTO is great. Parents donate lots of money to the PTO. There's lots of things going on within our school, but the kids down the road that live in a neighborhood that's not our neighborhood, that might live in a poorer neighborhood, those resources aren't going to that school. But those kids have no choice. That's where they get to go. They have one choice. The school that they go to, right? And that's how it was in Florida. It's not quite like that in South Carolina, but most states, from what I've seen, you have one choice and that's where the bureaucrats tell you to go. And to me, there's got to be a better way. And the reason why I say that is because this, Bernie Sanders is preaching this idea of getting rid of charter schools and refund, like taking that money that's going to the charter schools and funding the, the schools that the kids are already going to, or whatever. That's his education plan. And that's one of the things within his education plan. And that's what, I mean, that's, that's what he believes that kids should go to the school, basically. That, that kids should have no choice, but that all the schools should just be good. But that's never gonna happen. All the schools are never just gonna be good, right? It's not. You're going to have better schools. You're going to have worse schools. And the reason why that is, is because some parents have the ability, like me, to move into a neighborhood based upon the school. So I care about my kids. I care about their education. I care about making sure that they're doing good. But some parents don't have the time. They don't have the resources. um, Or they just don't care. And that stinks. That's, That's a terrible thing that parents wouldn't care about their kids enough to make sure they get educated. But the ones that do care, the ones that do want to send their kids to a good school, they don't have the choice. And that's where school choice comes in. That's the problem with the system that we're living in right now, in my opinion, is that there is no choice. The libertarian would say, get rid of all public schools and only have private school. But if we're in a system that we're in now... At least you can come to the point and say this. Give the kids a choice of where they're going to go to school. Give the parents the choice of where they're going to send their kids to school. Any school that they want to, public, private, whatever. Let the money follow the kids, right? That's what somebody that's maybe making a compromise might say. Because then those public schools that suck are going to go out of business. That's just the way it is. No one's going to roll their kid at that school because it's a crappy school, Right? But that's not what Bernie Sanders wants for you. That's not what Bernie Sanders wants for your kids. He wants a one-size-fits-all plan that says that your kid's going to go to this school, my kid's going to go to that school, and it's all going to be done politically. And that's the way it is. It's it's all done politically. If you ran anything else in the world, like the public schools are ran, you would be you would you would be completely dissatisfied. And let me give you an example, okay? This is the example that I used in a tweet when I, when I heard this thing. So imagine the grocery stores all around your neighborhood, right? In my neighborhood, there's a Publix. There's a Food Lion. There's an Aldi down the road. There's a Super Walmart a little ways away. I think we have a, a little opening up soon. What's a, which other one do we have? Oh, we have we have a Kroger, a little further down the you know a little ways away as well. A Buy Low. We have at least eight or nine choices around our area of where we want to go shopping. So there's people that are sending us flyers. They're sending us things in the mail, trying to get us to come to their store, giving us a ten percent discount, a twenty percent discount here trying to coax us in with these little cards. They're trying to get our business. But not only are they trying to get our business, they're trying to make the experience when we get there better. Give us the right amount of food. Give us fresh-looking apples. Give us pears. All kinds of stuff. Like, everything just looks beautiful. You walk into Publix, they got people. Every time you walk near anybody, they're saying, Hey, how are you, sir? Anything I can help you with? You go to Kroger, same thing. Aldi is a little bit less, you know, they skimp back a little bit. They only sell their, their store brand stuff. But the people, you know, they're quick, they're efficient. You walk in, you can get in out there in a half hour and have all your groceries. So everybody has a different reason why they would go to their, their specific store, right? I went to the I went to Publix yesterday because right next door there was a liquor store. I needed to get some tequila. So we go to the pool and drink some margaritas. And, uh... But the only reason I went to Publix was because it was right next to the liquor store. It was just convenient for me at that point. But when you're making a decision on where you're going to go to to a grocery store, there are an infinite number of reasons why you would go to a specific store. We go to Foodline because it's the closest. But you know what? We like to shop at Aldi because we save a lot of money there. So, oh, then my wife is willing to drive, you know, halfway across town after work. Because she likes to go to Trader Joe's, which is another grocery store that we have an option to go to. Every so often when we're looking for good quality seafood and we want to do like a low country boil at our house, we'll, put, we'll run down to uh, Fresh Market or one of these other stores because they have lots of selection, tons of selection on fish, on different types of crab, on different types of shrimp, on Oysters, things like that. Those are things that we enjoy doing, right? So we'll go out there. We'll we'll, we'll make the decision on where we're going to go based upon their choices that they have there, the selection that they have there. But there, are, every person has a different reason why they're going to go to a specific grocery store. Every person has a different reason. But all of those grocery stores are doing these things in order to coax us into going there, and they're going to because they're not going to stay in business if they don't, right? they're not. So imagine if we take a step back and we said, you know what? I think this system is not working. I mean, people are wasting gas money to get to these stores. Everyone should just go to the store closest to their house. And we're going to pass a law that says that you have to. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pass a law. This is the city council of Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to pass a law that says uh, you have to go to this grocery store closest to your house. That's the rule. No choice in the matter. That's where you're going to go. So the closest store to my house is the Food Lion. Food Lion now has a captive audience, right? That's their captive audience. That You have no choice in the matter. Everyone within that distance from that store has to go there. And that's my area code. You're zoned for this grocery store. Now Food Lion is not going to do as good of a job of making sure that all the fruit looks perfect. I might not like go to a food line because the service isn't quite as good sometimes as the, one, as the Publix or the Kroger. Not quite as good. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay for the convenience factor of going there really quick. I'm, I'm okay with going there. But you would have worse service if they had a captive audience. You would have less quality foods. You might even see them not order a specific item because you know what the overhead's too high on that one, they might start limiting the amount of items that they have. They might have less staff there because uh, they might not they might have less staff there because you know what you're you're forced to come here, so the line's going to be a little bit longer when you go to the cash register. You go to Publix and they see a line that's too long. they open up a register as fast as they can. That's the way that it is. that's the way that grocery store works. That's their business model. Food Lion, not quite like that, but if they see a backup coming, someone will say, hey, come over here to this register, and then you'll be in and out pretty quick, right? You go to Aldi, and they're just moving you right through. But no one will have the incentive in a system where you're zoned for 27744, that's your zip code or your area code, that's where you're zoned to go, so, if you ran the grocery stores like you run the public education system, if that's the way that you ran that system, you're going to have less service, you're going to have less, you're going to have longer wait times, you're going to have less satisfaction with your grocery shopping experience. Right now, I have, like I said, you know, eight, nine, ten choices of where I'm going to go within a pretty reasonable drive from my house. If Aldi really made me mad, I would only go to Foodland because it's still relatively cheap. Everyday low prices. I might even go to Walmart. You know what? My, my mother-in-law was telling me about this. She said, I hate going to Walmart. I absolutely hate it. It's, it's, it drives me crazy. I don't like the people that are there or anything like that. But you know what she does now? Because she, she used to only shop at Publix, but she started realizing that the Walmart prices are a lot cheaper so what she started doing is Walmart now has a new system where you can order everything online and then your personal shopper will go and get all that stuff for you and bring it out to you when you arrive. You text them right before you get there. They'll let you know when it's ready. You text, they'll text you when it's ready. You text them when you get there, they'll drop, drive out there and or they'll walk all that stuff out to you, load up your car for you and they will not accept a tip. All that because they have to do that to compete against the Amazons in the world. They have to do that to compete against the Walmarts or the, the, the Publixes of the world. They have to do that to compete against the Kroger's of the world. And they got my mother in law, who does not like to shop at Walmart, to start shopping there on a weekly basis. So now they're getting her $150 every single week because of the convenience of that, because she doesn't have to walk into that store and shop. You will never see that kind of innovation. In a world where if you're zoned for Food Lion, that's where you go. You won't see it. You will never see that kind of innovation. But you see it in the in that world. Imagine another, take another scenario. You're zoned for a specific gas station. Come on, man. You know, like you're zoned for this gas station. Then, you know, like the, the services are just not going to be as good. The most important one, though, is just that grocery store idea, man. That grocery store idea that says that if you're zoned for that area, that's the grocery store you're going to go for. You're going to see less service. You're going to see lots of things. But everybody decides where they're going to go grocery shopping based upon what they, a, a different factor. There's infinite number of reasons why some of them would go to a grocery store. And now you're zoned for one grocery store. You're forced to be happy with what you get. And that's it. And that's how it is in the education system now. You just have to be happy with what you get. You do. You live in a neighborhood that's poor. You live in a neighborhood that once was a nice neighborhood. And now it's starting to get run down. All the people have the availability of money to go move to another neighborhood have moved out. All the homes are now rented out. They're starting to get put into... Um, Not public housing, but the the type of housing, subsidized housing, right? So you start getting poor families in those neighborhoods. And the school maybe starts going downhill. And the parents don't have the money to help support the school, the donation money to the PTO, things like that. The parents don't have the money to help with pencils and erasers and stuff like that, right? At my school... When you start off at my kid's school on the first day, they ask you to send in at least $30 worth of supplies to the school the first day. But if parents don't have that money to buy those things, then the school has to. So that's another $1,000 per classroom worth of supplies, right? Here you are. You're, you're in that, your kids are zoned for that school. The resources are not there. The school has one or two extra kids per classroom. The kids are a little bit more wired. They're not as well-behaved. Their parents don't drill it into them every day that they need to do good in school like I do for my kids, like most of the kids in my neighborhood, their parents do. There's not a competitive edge going on to see which kids are going to be the smartest kids in this class, things like that. And then that's the school that your kids zone for, and you have no other choice in the matter, zero choice. What Bernie Sanders needs to do is get off of his high horse and realize that choice is good in everything in every factor, especially especially education, because education is where kids go to become brighter for the future. They need to be game they need to get education, they need to learn the reading the writing arithmetic, we need to get the bureaucracy out of this whole bull. Crap that's going on in the educational system, and realize that one teacher with 20 kids left alone can probably do a pretty darn good job. Maybe have some kind of the principal kind of manages what's taught in those grade levels. There's like expectations of where you're going to go to. But when you have a bureaucracy up in Washington, D.C., telling schools what to teach to bad schools that don't have the funding and every kid's there, has no choice in the matter to be there, you end up with failing schools, and that's the way it is. And Bernie Sanders wants to get rid of charter schools completely to get that one choice, that one choice in Brooklyn that these parents have when 5,000 kids line up to get 100 spots at one of these schools. He wants to take that choice away from these parents. Yeah, he wants to give that money back to the schools that are going to use it to hire an assistant to the principal or something. You know, something some stupid bureauc- bureaucratic position that doesn't help teach the kids. That's what they're going to do with that money. They're not going to use it to better educate those kids. They say the they say if, if you look at the numbers, the bureaucracy within schools, it used to be there used to be a situation where, you know, you didn't have quite the bureaucracy. You didn't have all the non-education staff members in the schools. And now you have tons and tons and tons. And the school boards hire more and more people to do jobs that don't, require, that don't teach kids. So, but they're not forced to do that. They're, they don't have the competition because everyone's zoned to go where they're going to go. So you don't have the innovation. You don't have all that stuff that the grocery stores have to do to get you to come to their school. Now, if you made it, if you turned this system into a system where every school had to compete for business, then you would have much better schools. I think I, I, I've heard this, and I don't know if it's true, but I, I do have a couple of listeners from England that are listening I know this because I see this the the numbers, and I've heard that the the in England, in the public school system, the the money follows the student, and I don't know if that's true, but if it is true, or if it was a system that was in place in the United States, then you would see these cut these, these schools be forced to get better. The money follows the student. Each kid has, uh, each kid has ten thousand dollars attached to them. I mean, if you're going to use the money. In education if it 's already there it 's already been confiscated from us, right, so it might as well be used the best the best way and then at that point let 's let 's figure out how to fix the system slowly by pulling it apart. I agree with that I agree that if there was private education across the board in the entire country, kids would still get educated just the same level or the, the same as they are now at a better at a better level though actually. Because parents care about their kids. Most parents do. 99% of kids, or parents care a lot about their kids. They just want the best for them. But they don't have the choice of where they're going to send their kids to school. And Bernie Sanders wants to take that one choice. When I was in Florida, remember I said I had one choice of where I was going to send my kid to school. But there was a charter school down the road. And I was able to get my son into that lotto to get into that school. And he got in. That was my other choice. And then all those parents in the worst neighborhoods that I lived in, down in Florida, that were able to get their kids in that school, gone. Done. No more funding, according to Bernie Sanders. Go where you're told to go. That's what Bernie Sanders is saying. Go where you're told to go, and that's it. You have one choice. Go there. I don't care if it's a bad school. Figure it out. Trust us. Trust your government. Trust us to make the best decision for you. No, that's not the way it should be. Individual choice. Have a choice in where you're going to go to school. You'll get innovation. You'll get better schools. Just like you get some nice glossy apples at Publix because if they sold the crap apples, they sold apples with holes in them, with worms coming out of them, no one would go there. You would never take a, a an apple to a school to give to a teacher that had a worm in it you wouldn't no you're going go to you're gonna go find the best quality apple that you can right but that's the reason why you're able to have that in America is because you're not stuck with one choice for a grocery store but the most important thing that we have in this world is is probably educating your kids. The, the one thing any any every person can agree on is that educating kids is important. How you how you educate them is a different story, but every person would say that's that's one of the one thing that most people agree on everyone agree on is that educating kids is important. And now, I mean this you go where you're told that's what Bernie Sanders wants. So I just don't agree with it guys. I really don't and um I just went off on a long rant about this, so I appreciate you listening. But um, look into that. Bernie Sanders, he wants to get rid of school choice, and I think that he needs to be running on a message of school choice. School choice. Any cho- any school you want to go to, eventually they'll all be private schools because private schools do a good job. If that money follows the students. Now, I I, I sort of don't agree with the idea of, just giving everyone ten thousand dollars to go to any private school that they want to, because that that kind of subsidizes subsidizes the schools and it le- it leads to less incentive for the schools to get better and all that stuff. But you know what? When the schools are competing for your money, it's going to be better for the kids. It is just like com- competition among the grocery stores is better for the consumer. So, and all that education is is a consumer good. That. Parents are making decisions on where they're going to send their kids. That's the consumer. The consumer is the parents. They're going to consume education by sending their kids there. So give them the choice. Give them the choice. But Bernie Sanders, you are wrong about this issue. Completely wrong about this issue. And it makes me upset. I'm a parent of two kids. I think it's very important to to make sure they get the best education possible. That's why I have the choice. I moved into a neighborhood that is a great school. I did. I, have, I had the choice. But most people don't have that choice. And uh, and that's a, that, that's a bad thing that Bernie Sanders would be willing to take away that choice from people. From the one choice that they might have outside of their zone school is a charter school that might be down the road. So, But hey, guys, I appreciate you listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe. And then, you know what? Tell your friends about it as well. Tell your friends about the show. I've heard that a lot of people are starting to become interested in the 2020 election. There's a lot going on. So I'll be here every day, Monday through Friday, to bring those episodes to you about what's going on with the 2020 election. Uh, Episode 100 tomorrow. So uh, come on back and uh, you'll have clear vision for 2020.